Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armitstead. I'm a chiropractor who has been specializing in nutrition for over 14 years in New York City and Connecticut. I'm here today to continue to talk to you about thyroid health. I want to go into details of thyroid autoimmune conditions, Hashimoto's and Graves' disease, and also what nutrients and food you can add to your diet to help the thyroid heal for food is medicine. If you have a thyroid autoimmune disease, either Hashimoto's or Graves' disease, know that it is because of a latent Epstein-Barr virus in the body. Epstein-Barr virus causes what is known as mono, usually in college kids, but never really goes away. There are many different strains of this virus. Hashimoto's is due to one strain of Epstein-Barr and Graves' disease is due to a different type of Epstein-Barr virus. Using muscle testing, I pick up on thyroid weaknesses due to Epstein-Barr virus energy a lot in my office, even without patients knowing that there's a thyroid issue. It is because we are picking up on it before it becomes an issue. Western medicine has done a lot of studies saying that the majority of Hashimoto's patients have Epstein-Barr antibodies, so there might be a correlation, and I will tell you that there definitely is from what I see in the office. Anthony Williams is a medical medium who has written a fantastic book on this topic called Thyroid Healing that I highly suggest for anyone who wants to heal their thyroid. Once I realized his theory is true, I then realized that candida can cause the same thing as Epstein-Barr in the thyroid. Let me explain. The Western medicine autoimmune theory proposes that a person's immune system becomes confused and starts attacking a part of the body. In the case of Hashimoto's, patients are told that the immune system mysteriously produces antibodies that target and damage the thyroid gland, as though it was a foreign presence causing hypothyroidism. Graves' disease occurs if the immune system starts attacking the thyroid, causing a hyperthyroid. This is not true. The body will never attack itself. It only goes after pathogens. Antibodies are signs that there's a pathogen in the body that the immune system is putting all its energy into fighting off. This process of a pathogen invading cells and the body working to fight off that pathogen creates inflammation. However, the pathogens that cause this physical response are usually undetected by doctors. By the time the virus or candida has started to cause chronic illness in a patient, it has usually burrowed so deep into the person's organs that the virus or candida doesn't show up on blood tests. So it appears to be an overactive immune system attacking the thyroid for no reason, but there is a reason. Once in the thyroid, Epstein-Barr virus or candida drill actively and deeply into the gland's tissue over time, scarring it and impeding its function. In this weakened state, the thyroid can become less effective at producing its thyroid hormones, and this is hypothyroidism, also known as underactive thyroid or low thyroid. It's a mild early stage of Hashimoto's. Hypothyroidism can cause body temperature fluctuations, hair loss, fatigue, and dry skin. What about all the other symptoms typically associated with low thyroid hormone levels? There's symptoms of the Epstein-Barr virus or candida that's infecting the thyroid, not low levels of actual thyroid hormones. Aches and pains, 
muscle weakness, memory issues, mood changes. These are all symptoms due to an infection. Graves' disease and hyperthyroidism occur because a particular strain of Epstein-Barr, one that's a bit more aggressive and fast-moving than the strains behind hypothyroidism, cause an assault on the thyroid which prompts the gland to overcompensate by rapidly creating new cells and tissue. This extra-thyroid tissue produces extra-thyroid hormones, resulting in the symptoms of bulging eyes, enlarged thyroid, swelling in the throat, a bit of fatigue, and temperature fluctuations. As with hypothyroidism, most of the symptoms associated with Graves' disease, sweating, high blood pressure, nervousness, are virus-related and not a direct result of an overactive thyroid. When these pathogens target the thyroid gland, the immune system reacts in full force and the result is inflammation. Inflammation is the body's natural response of invasion or injury. Have you ever gotten a splinter and the skin around it is red, hot, and puffy? That's the body responding with inflammation to a foreign object that's causing cell damage. The same goes for the thyroid. If candida or Epstein-Barr enters the thyroid tissue, your immune system immediately knows and your immune system goes after it causing the gland to be inflamed. This can come with the feeling of a sore throat, pressure in the throat, or a funny feeling in your neck. Inflammation like this could happen in any organ due to any pathogen or heavy metal or heavy chemical. Toxins cause inflammation, period. One of my favorite things to give patients to help them with a thyroid issue is iodine. Iodine is known to help the thyroid, but it's not nutrition for the thyroid. It works because it's actually antiseptic and kills pathogens, including viruses and candida. The reason there's confusion in this area of giving iodine for thyroid issues is it kills off the pathogens at an accelerated rate, which can in turn temporarily elevate inflammation. Those patients for whom Epstein-Barr or candida is only causing a mild hypothyroid can often do well on iodine, which is beneficial because it can help the thyroid before it becomes advanced and goes into Hashimoto's. On the other hand, too much iodine at once for someone with a high level of infection in the thyroid can be overwhelming because it starts killing off too many pathogens too quickly causing an inflammatory response that's uncomfortable. This type of response is called a die-off reaction or a Herxheimer reaction. It occurs when an immune challenge such as virus, candida, bacteria, parasite, fungus are being killed too fast anywhere in the body, not just in the thyroid. And when these pathogens die, toxins are released. Literally, pus and mucus build up and the body releases pro-inflammatory proteins, known as cytokines, in response. While some cytokine activity bolsters the immune system to fight infection, too many of these chemicals can have an adverse effect. An overabundance of cytokines in the body leads to pain, fatigue, a suppressed immune system, which is the opposite of what we want, skin rash, brain fog. It can occur with too much iodine, but it can often occur when beginning a new treatment protocol 
but I've also seen it happen at different points throughout treatment. This inflammation is often mistaken for an autoimmune response. The popular concern is that the iodine causes an overproduction of thyroid hormones that the body sees as a foreign invader, which prompts the immune system to attack the thyroid. Anthony Williams helped me see that this theory is incorrect. It leaves out the most important factor of all, that Hashimoto's is the result of an infection. Besides iodine, there are other nutrients that needs to heal. Many of these nutrients are easily accessible in many foods and dietary supplements. It's always best for you to get muscle tested to see specifically what you need. We've talked about iodine to help kill the infection, but iodine and selenium are two minerals that also can help your thyroid make T3 and T4. T3 and T4 are your thyroid hormones. They're critical if you want to revive your energy and metabolism. Having the right amount of iodine in your body can also help prevent breast cancer too. Iodine can be found in seaweed or sea vegetables and seafood, haddock, clams, salmon, shrimp, sardines. And I like iodized sea salt, but not regular table salt. Regular table salt is actually toxic to the body and is white because they bleach it. We don't want those toxins in our system. So do iodized sea salt or Himalayan pink salt has some iodine in it as well. Selenium can be found in tuna, mushrooms, beef, and Brazil nuts. Zinc is really good for the thyroid. It can be found in pumpkin seeds, Brazil nuts, ginger, sardines, and beef. And iron is actually important as well. Besides red meat, it can be found in oysters, spinach, almonds. Now, activated charcoal is a really good supplement. It can be a binder and defend your thyroid by clinging to toxins, specifically heavy metals, so that these heavy metals aren't interfering with the thyroid. The activated charcoal binds to the heavy metal and actually deactivates them all together and gets them out of the body. Vitamin C is good for the thyroid. You can find it in peppers, parsley, strawberries, citrus, and kiwi. Now, my favorite food for the thyroid actually is a drink, celery juice. I first came across the phenomenon of drinking pure celery juice every morning on an empty stomach while delving deep into the pages of The Medical Medium by Anthony Williams. It's his first book. I'm sure most of us are familiar with the typical green juice, which usually consists of lots of dark leafy greens, kale, spinach, cucumber, and celery. And it has often lemon and ginger, adding an apple for sweetness. It's a powerhouse of a drink, and I loved it. The greens are high in antioxidants and enzymes. It's good for energy. And so when I read about the healing powers of celery juice, my interest was piqued. But drinking plain old celery juice just seemed pretty boring compared to the green juice I was used to. However, Anthony Williams was saying that celery juice is one of the most powerful and healing juices we can drink. Just 16 ounces of fresh celery juice every morning on an empty stomach can transform your health and digestion in as little as one week. Celery contains compounds called coumarins, which are known to enhance the activity 
of white blood cells and support the vascular system. It also helps to purify the bloodstream, aid in digestion, relax the nerves, reduce blood pressure, and clear up skin problems. Celery is rich in vitamin A, magnesium, and iron, which will help nourish the blood. Celery juice is also rich in organic sodium content, meaning it has the ability to help the body dislodge any calcium deposits from joints and hold them into a solution where they can be eliminated safely from the kidneys. I mean, it does so much in the body. It sounds great, doesn't it? But you only know if you try it. And to be specific, there are lots of reasons to drink celery juice to help the thyroid. It has the ability to cleanse the thyroid of toxins and actually bolster production of T3 thyroid hormone. Drinking celery juice first thing in the morning on an empty stomach is strong medicine. When you start it, pay attention to how it makes you feel and adjust the quantity accordingly. It can help detox so much that you actually get diarrhea from it. So if you do, don't start with the 16 ounces. Go down to 8 ounces every morning and work your way back up to 16 ounces. It has a diuretic effect too, so if it makes you constipated because it's drying you out, then again, try 8 ounces and see if it shifts. It's always good to get muscle tested to see how much celery juice can help you. When it helps with digestion, the discomforts of indigestion, bloating, acid reflux, are often caused by low stomach acid. Studies have shown that people with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism often have low stomach acid, and with low stomach acid, then digestion becomes really hard. Many of us are all too familiar with the fact that when we're stressed out, the first thing to be out of whack is actually our digestion as well. This is where celery juice is great. Because of the natural sodium content, it raises stomach acid naturally, and when drunk first thing in the morning, primes you for easy digestion throughout the rest of the day. Stomach acid is essential for breaking down food particularly protein. So if your stomach acid is too low, the body can't break down food correctly and it makes you tired. This also leads to liver backlog. So there's less chance your liver will be able to keep up with the onslaught of toxins it has to process from near everyday life as well as its job of balancing blood sugar and recycling and producing new hormones among its many other endless tasks. If we don't give the body the nutrition it needs, it never has a chance to reset, heal. Celery juice can also reduce cravings. Cravings oftentimes in the body are a way for the body to call out for nutrients that we are low or depleted in. For instance, if you're suffering from adrenal fatigue, I find that you'll crave salty foods. This is not a mistake of the body, as the adrenals need minerals to function at peak performance, like the minerals that are found in high-quality salt. Unfortunately, we often grab the regular table salt, and we confuse this craving for a bag of potato chips. Since celery juice helps with digestion, the body can soak up all the goodness and nutrients now, and cravings will subside. With better stomach acid, then the food gets easier to digest. 
the amino acids from protein can be broken down better. And that's important because these amino acids are precursors for creating neurotransmitters, which can help the brain. More focus, which of course everybody would like more of. The surplus of energy one can get from food being digested better can also help feeling less overwhelmed. This helps to reduce stress, thus creating a happy, healthy, natural cycle. Celery is also an alkaline food. If you feel like your body is too acidic, celery juice can help. When you drink it on an empty stomach, it's really good at purging the body of acid and toxins, and this helps cleanse the liver and the bloodstream. With blood that is cleaner, not only the thyroid, but all organs will thank you. So there you have it, all the things to add to your diet for better thyroid health.